As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Rocketship Podcast, and we couldn't have done this without you, our faithful listener, so thank you so much. We have another fantastic episode for you today, so stay tuned. You're gonna love it. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. Today we talked with Steli Efti, founder of Close.io. What'd you guys think? I love this. He is so tenacious about following up in sales. And I loved his philosophy behind a yes and a no are equally as good, but a maybe is really what crushes you. And with that in mind, he basically follows up with people indefinitely until he gets a response. Um, and I really loved hearing about that. Yeah, his uh, his sales tactics are 
definitely this is a great episode for anyone getting into sales. And um, he gives us some some actual tactics. He gives us some philosophy, some of getting over the fear. He really covers the gamut of what holds people back from sales and tries to get them out into the field and selling because that's that's pretty much the lifeblood of your startup. So, yeah, let's get into it. Before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Hover takes all the hassle and friction out of registering your next domain name. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife, Carmen. Hey, babe. Yeah? I need a new website. All right, well, you need to, to get a domain name. <sighs> How do I do that? Do you have a domain name? Yes. No. 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 I don't. Okay. <laughs> I need one. Just use my Hover account. What's what's a Hover? So, Hover, H-O-V-E-R, uh-huh. dot com. Okay. And just search for, for whatever domain you want. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Go to Hover.com, get 10% off your entire first purchase by using the code SOEASY. That's Hover.com and the code SOEASY. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. For those of you just getting started, CodeShip has a generous free plan with five private projects included and 100 builds per month. Not enough? You get 20% off three months just for being a RocketShip listener. Plus, the team over at CodeShip spent the past few months talking to customers and just launched a complete redesign of their app with better usability. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to sign up today. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to Customer.io slash RocketShip to start sending emails that convert. So start off by telling us about Close.io. So yeah, so Close.io is a modern CRM. Uh, We like to call it sales communication software because... We truly believe that sales at its core is about communication, result-driven communication. So instead of building kind of a database, which is how most CRMs out there function, and people that are doing sales or people that are running a startup have to constantly go back to that database and do manual data entry, we build a product that allowed you to communicate more and communicate more effectively, and that automatically tracked all that communication and did all the manual data entry for you. So it's a it's an inside sales tool. If you sell through emails and calls, then Closer is definitely something you want to check out and it might bring your game to the next level. Awesome. So what is the key difference between Close and another kind of sales CRM? So I think that we're we're the best when it comes to the communication piece. So the email integration, our calling integration is uh, best in class. So if you do lots of sales calls, you know, you, you click any number and the call appears in Closer, but you can call transfer, you can pre-record voicemails and drop them, you know, when somebody doesn't pick up. You can do all kinds of awesome stuff around calling and really raise your game there. And the same thing is true for email. Not just that we track kind of open and click-through rates like many other tools do out there, but we really have a super tight email integration. So any email communication that you had moving forward from the moment that you created a lead or an opportunity in Closer, even backwards historically, the moment you set up your Closer account, Closer tracks all email communication with all your prospects and customers. You don't have to do any BCCing. You don't have to forward your emails, no copy and pasting, just magic in the background. And we just keep track of everything. We'll allow you to do bulk email, do all kinds of crazy stuff. So the communication piece is definitely the one where we're the strongest. And then lots of people tell us we have really great UI. It's a really fast app and lots and lots of other things. But at the core of it is really that we're better at the calling and email part than, than anybody else. So kind of staying on that communication topic, um, one of the things that you're known for is 
talking about the follow-up. For those that might not know, give us kind of the overview of why the follow-up is so important to the sales process. In my view, sales is, is not, it's not a complex uh, subject in terms of the tactics or strategies. It's very simple. Or even the hustle, like hustling in, in the startup environment, it's really all about showing up, following up, following through, and then really going for the close. Those things are not hard to do, but emotionally, sometimes they're challenging. I find that following up effectively is the, the biggest blind spot for anyone and everyone I meet. And I feel like showing up is something we all kind of are forcing ourselves to do. And showing up might be sending a cold email or cold calling someone or going to a conference and shaking somebody's hand. That's important. Like just making that first step and reaching out to someone that, that's important to your business or that you desire to do business with. But that, that's the thing that everybody's focusing on. But the thing that people don't focus on and do a terrible job at is what happens after that first initial connection, the first initial good conversation what happens after that is you need to follow up and follow through. And that's where most, most deals fall through the cracks. That's where most people fail. And I find it the easiest point to stand out and really crush it. So you're saying that like people are doing the hard work or some of the hard work, but because they're not finishing the deal, they're actually losing all of that potential that they've created. Yeah, it, it, it's no good to show up if you're not going to follow up. It's worthless. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't even show up, whatever that means, send an email or make a call if I don't have my follow-up strategy in mind beforehand. Like I already assume before I do anything that it's going to require somebody to champion this deal, interaction, whatever it is, this relationship. And I'll take responsibility of championing that, which means I'm going to be managing our relationship, which oftentimes means that I'm going to be, I'm going to have to do some follow-up to make sure it doesn't fall through the cracks, you don't forget about it, or it's not getting sidelined by another priority. So tell us what that looks like. You know, say you go out to an event, you meet a potential client. What does the follow-up typically look like and how do you strategize it? Yeah, so I have a super simple philosophy to follow up. To me, it's binary. Uh, I will follow up. If we had a, a positive interaction, doesn't matter if it's in person, on the phone or via email. If, if we had some kind of a connection, I will, and you showed some level of interest, I will follow up indefinitely, which means forever okay. until I get a response. And I honestly, I don't care what the response is, yes or no, are both equally good to me, right? Uh, and I think that sales or, or entrepreneurship is all about driving results. If you get, if you're able to drive a ton of failure really quickly, that's great, if you are able to drive a ton of success, that's awesome. Obviously, that's all. That's what we all want. But the thing where startups die and, and people are crushed is in the middle, is in the maybe zone. It's the, they kind of like what we do. I haven't heard back from them. I'll try again in a few weeks. That middle zone where nothing is happening but hope is still alive, that's where startups die and, and sales deals die. So I have a simple philosophy. I'll follow up forever until I hear back from you. And, and if, is that weekly? Is that like, you know, yeah, are you a great question. picking up the phone? What does that look like? So a couple of things. In terms of just tactics, I mean, there's, there's a number of ways that you can follow up, right? You can follow up via email, which is one of my preferred follow-up tools in most instances because I can uh, comfortably follow up with you 48 times via email and still feel mm -hmm. good about myself. And it gives you the permission to either ignore it, archive it, delete it, or respond to it whenever you want, right? It kind of, it's a very 
low-key mechanism that it's not as intrusive or not as disruptive as other means. So I'll follow, uh, following up by email is kind of the first choice when I have time, right? When I have time, I'll use the email. I can escalate one level above and pick up the phone and call you, right? That's a bit more disruptive. It's harder to ignore and it's kind of more forced into your life and in, uh, taking up your time. I'll push up to the call when the email hasn't been successful or end if I'm under more time pressure, right? Okay. If I want to make this happen a little faster. And then even a level above the phone is showing up in person. You know how many deals in the history of deal making have been <laughs> accomplished by people going, you know, a deal that didn't go that, that didn't go well at the final stages, and then somebody said, you know what? We're in the area next week. Can we drop <laughs> by your office? And obviously they were. They just took a, a, the, the flight to New York from San Francisco and we're quote unquote, happened to be in the area to meet up. <laughs> and then in that meeting, face to face, they were able to actually turn the deal around and close it. That happens all the time. The thing mm-hmm. is, when you show up in person, that's obviously the most disruptive one and the one that you can't do 48 times. Right, <laughs> right. right. Without, at least without being arrested. You're pretty much guaranteed an answer, though. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely <laughs> guaranteed an answer. If the person is there, you're guaranteed FaceTime, right? If somebody shows up at your office, you, know, you can't archive that or delete it or ignore it. If a person is there, right? You're going to go, if you like it or not, and say hi most of the times. Um, Sometimes so, I wish I could, but yeah. yeah. So, so to me, it's like email is the one I can do at the highest frequency and I can just space it out at the longest period of time. Calling is a bit more. I can't do 48 calls or 48 voicemails. Again, that goes into creep level. and mm-hmm. it, it not, it, it, It's at a point where even I'm not comfortable with. And then showing up in person is something I'll, I would do maybe one or twice. But that's it's kind of the last shot. And if you're under time pressure, show up in person. That's the fastest way to fix it. If you can't do that, call. And if you can't do that, you email. Uh, but, but many times I don't have to show up in person. And I'll just send emails. But I'll give you a prominent example I give a lot of times because it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs desire is kind of the, an example in fundraising. When we raised money in the early, early days, one of our billionaire investors made an introduction to another billionaire investor that's an awesome entrepreneur. He developed something all of you have used, right? We've all used. So it's very, very prominent technology. And we got an introduction kind of from, from, a, from an existing investor. That billionaire awesome guy replies and says, yes, I want to meet. And I send that person an email. Say, hey, how about Tuesday this time or Thursday that time? Hear nothing. Send another email. Hear nothing. 48 emails later, the wow. person responds and says, you know what the response was? Steli, I'm so glad you follow up. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry I haven't replied yet. I had to leave the continent. We had some issues and challenges overseas. I'm back. Can you show up tomorrow in one payment at our office? We showed up and he invested. Wow. And time and time again, I tell the story. And, and every, day, every, every day where I tell the story, I get one or two emails at this point of people telling me their stories of how following up more consistently than they ever thought is possible have made magic happen, closed deals, got them press. I just got an article, a guest post on TechCrunch that I pitched seven times to TechCrunch over the last four months, right? Okay. Magic happens. Magic happens when you follow up. And, and I think the reason why most people don't is that they make up stories in their mind for why the other person is not replying or responding. Mm. And those are usually negative stories. They don't like us. They don't like my face. My shoes were ugly. They think we're stupid. 
They make up some story and then because they don't want to continuously be rejected, quote unquote, by silence, they stop, right? I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to be needy. And this, this company is not interested anymore in us. I'm not in the mind reading business. So I'm not going to make up stories about you. you. I'm just going to assume you're busy. And you can at any point in time tell me what really is up and tell me to fuck off or stop emailing you and I will respect that. But if you're silent, you'll never stop hearing from me. God, that's so good. Yeah. So does your cadence change as you go through these or are you kind of keeping the even tone of, hey, following up? Um, Or do you try different tactics as you go through, say, I mean, maybe not the 48 emails, but say five or 10? Honestly, I don't think it matters that much. If everyone who listens to this could just start following up three times as much as they usually would, the world will be a better place and these companies will be more successful. But I think the, the, the only key rule I have when it comes to the follow-up is never be needy and never refer to all the follow-ups you've done before, right? Okay. Don't send me an email saying, I'm so confused. Why are you emailing me back? Don't make me feel bad about this. If you make me feel okay. bad about this, I am definitely never going to respond to your messages, right? Because now I'm trying to avoid our relationship because you're making me feel bad. I feel bad as it is that I haven't replied yet. I know that I should. I know it's not polite, not the right thing to do to leave you hanging. I know all that. And I still, for some reason, don't know how to respond to your message or have other priorities. Don't be needy. Sometimes some people send me a message on Facebook or LinkedIn, and I hate those inboxes because... I have a hard time enough to manage my main inbox. And then they send me a uh, LinkedIn message and literally four hours later, they'll send me an angry message that I haven't replied yet to their original message. Give me a fucking break. Like (laughs) I have other stuff to do. At that point, I'm not like, oh, I appreciate the follow-up. I'm saying this person is somebody I don't want to have a relationship with. Too needy, not reasonable. Like let's not even get into this. So don't be needy. My 40th email with that investor actually was completely unimaginative with uh, that investor follow-up. Here's how every follow-up email sounded like for me in one way or another. It was basically, hey, blah, another beautiful day in paradise. The latest great news about us is that we got this press article. Can we meet this Friday at this time? The next email would be, hey, another beautiful day in paradise. We just <laughs> launched this big new feature. Can you do any day this week or weekend? I want to meet. The next email would be, hey, how about Friday or Saturday? Uh, that was it. Like, I was, yeah. that's it, right? Now, recently I met some, some cool guys and we're gonna, I'm going to blog about this maybe before the podcast comes out. So we're going to link up to it. But sure. I, I, saw, I saw some guys do really cool shit with like humor and follow up, right? Where they would, and if you search for this, you'll find it. And I'm, I'm going to start using this. If you go to Google and you search for Cookie Monster Waiting GIF, You'll find a gif of like the cookie monster, like sitting there and like, um, I don't even know how to describe it in English. When you do the, the, the finger movement that you're waiting on the desk, right? And you're like, what the fuck? I'm waiting. And then it looks, the cookie monster looks at this watch. It's basically waiting for a response. It's like a really cool, nice, funny gif. And I heard from one guy where when they send out emails and they didn't hear back after the second or third email, they would just send that cookie monster as a gif in email. Basically saying, what's up, dude? You know, I'm still waiting. Am I going to hear something back from you? And the reply rates were really great. So they, they started using just humor. I had the same guy that, that taught me this is trying to sell me something because I want to see if they're really good at follow-up. I, I've been ignoring him for a little while. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then he's like, hey, Stelly, I thought I'll send you a little video that I just made for you. And I click on the video. And at the beginning, it's just him. And he said, he's like, hey, Stelly. I uh, just wanted to say, let's make this happen and blah, blah, blah. Come on, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
oh, it's cool that he made a video, but this is not that funny. And his business is selling you funny. So oh, it's not that funny. And all of a sudden, at the end of the video, there's like two dudes showing up left and right with like a guitar and a, and, and a mic. And they start singing the follow-up song, you know. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they're doing a whole thing. It's funny. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if this is a template. Did they make this song? And then they just record the first part that mentions my name. And then half of the song, they start mentioning my name in the song. I'm like, holy shit, they just did this whole thing just for me. Wow. All right. And it was funny. It was nice. It was unexpected. It was awesome. You can do these things. You can use like a cooking monster waiting, some gifts, some humor, or even make a video like those guys did. Awesome, right? That's awesome. That's kind of elevating you to the next level. You make people laugh. It's going to be harder to be ignored, right? And you're providing a little value to them through that email by making the, the day better or just putting a smile on their face. But you don't have to be that awesome, amazing. You, it can just be as dry and clean as, hey, I want to talk. When can we do it this week? Let's talk a little bit about like sometimes what's in the – like what's the meat of that email, especially in um, like say SaaS sales, right? Yep. How much of the product do you put in? How much kind of mystery do you leave? Do you have any strategies around that? I'm a big believer of two formats in email, either very short or very long. So you know the long sales copy. There's a lot of like there's a lot of material out there and information out there about why long sales copy can really work well. But for the initial conversations, for the first kind of emails, I would keep things as short as possible because short means you respect my time and yours. The easiest and fastest way for you to be ignored by me and for you to not have me read your email is to send me a first email that's very long. If I open an email from somebody I don't know and it and it's super long, I archive immediately. I don't I'm like, you don't respect my time, I'm not gonna respect yours. I can't read all this shit right now. I don't even know who you are. So at the beginning I would keep things shorter than you want. People are like, how short? How many sentences? How many words? I don't know, but just take what you have right now, divide it by two, you're probably at a good place you know, of, of improvement. Mm-hmm. I think that the other thing that people forget is that every, to me at least, philosophically, the way I think about this is that every sentence in an email is, is, it needs to sell me on the value of keep reading the next sentence. Like when I read an email, every sentence that you write needs to pitch me and sell me effectively on, I should keep reading this. Right? So a lot of times people bury the best part at the end of the email. It's a bad idea. Right? Give it to me early. Don't bury the lead. Tell if you, if you just work with my biggest competitor and had amazing success or if you had something that just such strong social proof that I will give you my time, don't put it at the end of the email. Put it at the beginning. Right? Don't give me three or four sentences of generalities where I still don't know who you are and what you do. Like I'm not going to keep reading this. Hey, we work innovative way with lots of great companies and we're making big improvements in the way that they you know, increase revenue and decrease their cost. Archived, right? That's it. I'm not keep reading because you wasted a whole sentence of my life telling me nothing. Right? Nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing more from you than I did when I didn't read your email. So th- those are things that are, that are important to me. And then once in a while, what you can do is, you know, we do this. We, we send drip emails. We use the awesome guys from Customer.io for that. And... One of the emails when people sign up for a trial for Close.io, one of the emails people get you know, the, the, after a few days is an email from me that's like, hey, an email from the founder, and it's the history and story behind our company. It's a very long email, but it's written 
what people tell us in a very compelling way. It's easy to read because it's more of a story and kind of draws you in. And towards the end of that email, if you are a qualified buyer, you want to buy more than, than before. And if you're not, we're telling, I'm telling you all the reasons why you shouldn't buy. So that's a very, very effective email for us. And it's a long one. It's a long one. Um, but first, the first emails you get from us is a, hey, I'm your account manager. Let's jump on a call and see how we can help you get the most out of your trial. Simple, short, right? And this is more inbound than outbound, but just to give you an idea. One more thing that I want to highlight is a tactic. If you don't want to follow up indefinitely, or in some cases it makes no sense, right? When you have thousands of inbound leads, you might set up drips, but you might want to not set up drips where you send 50 emails over two months or something. So one really successful format that lots of companies that are crushing it are are using is what I call the quote-unquote breakup email, where basically you're telling somebody, Hey, and the subject line could be something like goodbye from Steli, right? And you open, you open the email and it says, dude, like Matt, I've been following up with your final reach for the last two months. Obviously right now, for one reason or another, that hasn't happened. I'm going to take you off my list. So you will never, ever hear from me again. But here's all my contact information. At any point in time when you're ready to talk, I'm excited. Goodbye. Right? And that email is super effective, super effective. When you take something away from people, you make it more desirable. And two examples, HubSpot, if you sign up for, the, for, for a whatever 30-day trial, they'll send you, the sales rep will send you that email after a bunch of attempts of reaching you. And even Trunk Club, which is a B2C company, will do the same thing. They'll try to reach you a bunch of times, their reps, and if they can't get hold of you and if you don't reply to any email, they'll send you a goodbye email. And those emails have the highest reply rates because people are like, no, 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 I'm interested. Don't take me off your list. Let's chat. Don't take this away from me. So that's also a cool email that can be really effective. So before someone signs up for close, what's an example of the first email that they get from you, someone that you're reaching out to? funny thing is uh, we haven't had a chance to start outbound yet for closer it's all inbound our growth has been all inbound when we before we built closer as an internal tool for a company called elastic sales which we were running which was an outsourced sales company for startups we did sales for over 200 venture-backed startups in silicon valley and we built closer as an internal tool our secret sauce and eventually the software got so good that we released it and it became so much bigger than the other business that that's what we're fully focused on but with elastic sales we did almost only outbound sales with Close.io, we're probably going to start the outbound sales machine this year sometime but for the past 2 years since we launched inbound has been growing so fast for us and has been so successful that we weren't even able to start we haven't done any outbound yet for Close.io. Wow. so what what kind of inbound are you guys doing how we're generating inbound uh, uh-huh. leads, it's the two sources. One is word of mouth, which is a very, very big point for us. And the other one is uh, our content marketing. So if you go to blog.close.io, uh, you'll see our blog. We post about three uh, blog posts a week, every week. Uh, lots of those posts also have a video, and they're very, very technical. Sales hacks, sales philosophies, specifically for new businesses, entrepreneurial sales and startup sales. So we do a, we drive, get a lot of our inbound leads through the blog. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have a book out there. We do lots of you know webinars. I do a lot of conference speaking, podcasts, awesome podcasts like this one. So we do, we believe that we know more about sales than any one of our competitors. So we're, we can't outspend them, but we can outteach them. And that's the, that, that's what has been very successful for us so far. 
That's incredible. So then people enter into the trial and the first emails they get are the drip emails that are coming from you guys. Yeah, they, they, people get a lot of emails from us uh, when they're in the trial, but most of them are very, very valuable. But yeah, when somebody signs up for Closile, they'll get an email from their account rep. They'll get, uh, you know, a, a, a five-part kind of uh, how-to guide email during the same time. They'll get an email from me as a founder. They'll get multiple emails, you know, uh, depending on what their interaction with us is. The highest quality leads we will uh, try to call within five minutes of them signing up because that's where you get the highest reach rate, right? So if you call somebody within five minutes of sign up, your chances of reaching them and having a conversation is like 100 times higher and some professor actually tested this. There's some research on this online. Uh, it's 100 times higher than if you call them three hours later or a day later. So with our like, highest quality leads, we try to call them really early on. And um, we communicate a lot. We over-communicate as much as humanly possible. And that helps us have very, very successful conversion rates from sign-up to closes and, and you know, running this business at a very successful growth rate. And do you, so you ask for the phone number when people sign up? Yeah, it is required to give us a phone number. The other cool thing about us is that when in Close.io, because we have VoIP and calling very tightly integrated in our product, we actually give you a phone number with your account. So you can make outbound calls with Close.io and receive inbound calls with Close.io. So the cool thing is that, A, we have your, you know, we have a phone number from you, but we also have your closeout number. So we can call, if you're in the software, we can call you. We know the number that we gave you and we can call you right in there. And one thing that we do that's automated, for instance, is also that after the set, so we have a 14 day free trial and on day seven, people will get an automated voicemail from me in their closeout number. Because if we call their real number, they might pick up, right? So we couldn't fully automate this. But what they do is, what you do is after seven days, you'll get an email from closeout that says, Hey, Matt, you have a voicemail from this specific lead. And click here and, and Closer will, will load and you'll be able to listen to your voicemail. And when you click on it, it's a voicemail from me. And the lead is you know, our company in your system. And I'll say, hey, Matt, you know, I'm not going to say the name, but I'll say, hey, you know, excited to have you guys on board. It's the first week. Congrats. Let me know if there's anything you can do. You can call me back at this number or reach us at any time. And people consistently re- reply to that uh, voicemail either by being amazed that the founder is calling them and leaving them a voicemail, or, which is so cool, a good portion of our customers, because they're really smart and and sophisticated when it comes to these marketing and sales tactics, they'll reply to that voicemail email and say, this is an awesome automated voicemail. Props for you guys to make this. Let me ask. And then they just, they'll, they'll say, hey, I totally realize that this is not personal, but this is an automated thing. But I think it's awesome. And now my question, whatever, can you guys help us with this and this? And then they start engaging with us. So yeah, we ask for a phone number, but we also give our leads, our signups, dedicated phone number, kind of ways to approach them and reach them. That's so cool. It's so easy to detect the fake stuff sometimes, but I totally know what you're talking about when you get something from a, cus- a company like Close.io or Customer.io where they're using the product in a clever way. And because you're trying to find a way to use the product similarly, you respect it. Yeah. And at, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know that you can reply and talk to the founder, even if the first outreach was automated. I have yet to find somebody being offended by this. Like, you are, you know, supposedly reaching out to me personally, but you didn't. I'm deeply offended. I haven't had a single case, and we've sent thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of these. And it's such high volume over two years. Either people ignore it, like they do most of the things, or they think it's personal, which blows their mind, or they realize it's not, which blows their mind because they want to do it too. <laughs> They're like, this is such great marketing and sales. I want to do this too. 
That's great. Well, thanks for thanks so much for coming on today. Can you let everyone know how they can keep up with you online? Well, if you want to talk to me, get help or advice, just send me an email at steli, S-T-E-L-I, at close.io. The best place to get most of our content is just subscribe to the blog. Go to blog.close.io. And if you're into, into Twitter and want to interact there, you can just do at Steli. Always happy to hear from people. Always happy to help in any way possible to make others more successful. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This was so much fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We're twice monthly. We send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.